This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Gen Z Girl podcast. This is Abby Aslan speaking, and I have a very exciting episode for you all today. Um, I won't be doing the quote of the week and the goal and gratitude just to go ahead and jump into the episode with the guest. I am trying to record with a lot more guests in 2021. So the guest that we are having on the episode today is Brooke Michio, who I'm sure a lot of you all are familiar with. Um, I reached out to her actually last summer and just got so busy in the fall and never really reached out to her again to follow up about being on the podcast and finally reached out to her again and recorded with her this past week. So I'm super excited to have her on the podcast and a lot of you I know wanted her on the podcast um, whenever I asked who y'all wanted to see, an overwhelming majority of you said Brooke Michio. So um, she's a great, sweet girl, content creator slash influencer, whatever you want to call it, on Instagram, YouTube. And she also um, does a podcast called Gals on the Go, if you did not know about that. So yeah, go ahead and stay tuned in for the episode with Brooke, and I hope you all enjoy. Hi, everyone. Welcome um, back to Gen Z Girl Podcast. Today, I'm here with a very exciting guest. I have Brooke Michio, um, an iconic little influencer on Instagram, <laughs> YouTube, and all that. So thank you so much for joining us today, Brooke. I'll let you introduce yourself and everything and whatever you want to say. Well, that was a wonderful intro. Thank you. Really <laughs> gassed me up there. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I hate... I say content creator now, but then people are like, what type of content do you create? I'm like, well, I have a podcast, a YouTube channel, and I don't really consider Instagram as content per se. I'm like, I'm just taking pictures, but technically right. at the end of the day, it is content. So yeah. whatever you want to say. So I say content creator, I'm 23 years old. Um, I live in New York city. Um, I'm a graduate of the university of Georgia, which I'm sure we'll get to is a great time. <laughs> I'm almost two years out of college. Ew. Cause I guess I'm a year older than, cause you're 22, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Cause we're both areas. So we're like same around the same time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a wild few years post-grad, I will say. So, but I finally ended up here, which is great. Yes. Amazing. So yeah, I've um, been watching Brooke since, uh, gosh, I think it was like right before you went and studied abroad, whatever year of college okay. that was. That was like when I found your channel. Um, so I've been watching for a minute and I knew like, I, I literally posted on the podcast Instagram story, like back in the summer, I think like who people wanted to see <laughs> literally an overwhelming majority of the responses. It was like, Brooke Michio, Brooke Michio. Oh and I was God, like, I'm all- Gotta get her on there. Thank you. No, it seriously has been a whirlwind in terms of like documenting it all the way through. But I look back at my old videos. I don't know if you're like this. Like I cringe. I watch back stuff from 2016, which is I guess when you started watching me. Like thank you for sticking through because it was like unbearable. (laughs) (laughs) I totally get that. I like people will ask if I have like um, tips for just like applying to college, taking the ACT. And I'm like, yeah, my first like three videos, but I don't even want to send you the link because it's so embarrassing. So just go find it. So embarrassing. But honestly, those are genuinely like great, great videos for people to find your channel because like, those are things, I don't know about you. Like I used to plug those into YouTube and that's how I found people back in the day. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to like do videos like this, especially when I think you and me are kind of similar. Like we're both like pretty ambitious, like 
go-getters in that yeah. sense. Like I, I actually like studied super hard for like SAT, ACT. So I feel like if you have knowledge in those areas, like why not share exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. everyone's looking for it for sure. Completely. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll go ahead and hop right into it. So before you became into this influencing space, um, I know like we all hate using that term, but that truly is what, <laughs> what it is. So we just have to call it that. It's all good. What careers did you find yourself most interested in? I guess like in high school, I mean, if you even had like a career in middle school that you had in mind, because I know some people just kind of like have that big dream when they're really young. Yeah. Um, what careers were you interested in prior to getting to this space? Good question. Okay. So it's actually really funny. I don't think I've ever even told the story. When I was in elementary school, um, I remember like my dream of life was just like to be on TV. Like I didn't know what it was. Like I was interested in theater back in the day, but I was like, mm-hmm. I don't really love acting. Like I just like want to be on TV. Like my fifth grade teacher, like I think she signed my yearbook, like I'm definitely going to see you on TV someday, bro. Cause I've like always had like a wild, not a wild person, a bit like loud, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, my dream when I was a child was to be a meteorologist. I was just, I was like, oh, it's cool. Cause you have to understand science and you get to be on camera. So I was always interested in like camera stuff, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I got to high school and my high school is like really, I don't want to say unconventional, but we have like the, a really solid business program we had this thing called the academy of finance which i know is offered at some schools we also had it for it so it kind of gives you like a natural path like my mom was in business and i just like i don't know i feel like you hear like parents like older people like talking about business all the time so i was like i guess i should plug myself into this program whatever and it i mean i'm so thankful like I've, i've reached out to my teacher sometimes and i'm like you guys like literally like shaped my career because it taught me like at such a, when you're in 10th grade, 11th grade, like you don't really know much about what you want to do, but that gives you kind of even just a concept or even I I hear so many people who they transfer their major, like halfway through college into business. And I knew all along, I was like, Oh, I'm going to business school. I didn't know necessarily like, I guess what the end goal was, but I had an idea for like a general field, if that makes sense, which I feel like is good. So then it shifted to marketing. Um, I actually went into college as a finance major, just a random. I was like, oh, I'll do finance. And I was, two days in, I was like, no, I'm <laughs> no, I won't. <laughs> yeah, I, it just sounded impressive. Like when I was telling people, like, I'm going to the University of Georgia to study finance. <laughs> 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 no, like, what? Who am I kidding? Also, I just have no interest in that. Right. Uh, which I think it's important to like do what you're passionate about and stuff. For so, sure. I mean, business is such a vague. Like when you say that, like, oh, I'm interested in business. Like, what do you want to do with that? And I think that's what a lot of people struggle with in college. Like what do you do with a marketing degree? You could really do anything. Like you could yeah. work in and do stuff that's more digital. I went into, I kind of like naturally fell into this path of sales, which was certainly not my first choice, but it just, it made sense for a marketing degree. And it seems like those are the type of jobs that are the most, I don't want to say like it, cause it's not easy to get, but available. They're the yeah. most readily available jobs for people who are graduating with a degree in business marketing, whatever. Um, so that's kind of how I fell into what I, what I used to do. Yeah, for sure. No, that's so funny about the, um, like always knowing you'd be on TV. I was literally, I was like the same way. And most people who listen to my podcast know and everything. Um, Cause I know I mentioned it forever ago, but my dream when I was little, I wanted to be like a today show host. And that I was like, that. And, but then I like watched the morning show and I'm just like, I feel like this just really depicted like everything that's wrong with the whole industry. And I'm just like, I'm glad I didn't go into that, <laughs> but um, yeah. Totally crazy. I totally get that. And I was like always on morning announcements in elementary school. Like Me with my too. Principal. That's oh. so funny. Oh my gosh. Wow. I, I will flex on myself. I like created, cause I did student council too. Uh-huh. And I was like, we should do 
birthday announcements. Like, so we literally got like a list of all the people. Yeah. I mean, this was elementary school, so it wasn't huge. So there'd be like two or three names we'd read every day. And I would do them. Like, I was like, I love this. Like, it's me. Everyone's I know, I me. absolutely, that was like me peaking in elementary school. It was like fifth grade when I got to like stand next to my principal and like say what's up for lunch that day. I was just like. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I love that for us. That's so funny. Because most kids are like, I do not want to do that. Like, even the fact that they're saying my name is so cringe. And we're like, no, we're like, want to do that. <laughs> Let us be the star. Yes. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, okay, so. I know you worked for Oracle for a bit um, right after graduating, and that's just kind of like where you stepped in. But um, before we get into like the details of working a full-time job and everything, what would you say you struggled with most in that transition, like leaving college and then entering a full-time job? Definitely. Well, I think people don't talk about it enough because especially this is like more for the people who are doing high school and then college and then career. So that's like really what, what obviously the experience that I can speak from is that you're in school for your entire life, literally since like preschool to, if you attend a preschool course, like preschool through, and then you have an additional like four or five, however many years colleges. So all you really know, like all of your recent history is every fall time comes around and you're going back to school. And then every summer you're off and then every fall time comes around and you're back. Like it just feels like you get into that familiar pattern. And I think a lot of people similar to me, like you lose your identity and you become a student. Like your identity is, oh, I'm I'm broke, like I'm a college student, you know, like yeah. everybody else. And it's easy to be that way because how do we even differentiate? It's hard to even differentiate yourself. Like for me, I had YouTube and social media stuff and a few other things going on, but my main thing was, I, no, I'm a student. Um, so even just that mental shift from literally being a student, you know, that being your routine to, oh no, now I have to work. My, my work was eight to five, but we got an hour for lunch. So I guess it equates to like a nine to five, but you now from Monday to Friday, like no excuses. Like you have to be there at eight o'clock sitting at your desk. And then at five o'clock, like you get to leave, you have like a set task of things you have to do. And it's very structured. And I feel like going from being a college student, at least my experience, I had a lot of flexibility with my schedule. I feel like I got, I always got like pretty good choices. Like freshman year, I kind of got screwed over with like, you know, choosing class times, but ever yeah. since, like from that point on, I was like, I got I, I think I was kind of ahead on credits like I have to like tech better or whatever right but you have a lot of even if you're you're taking 15 hours at the end of the day you still have a lot of downtime you might have to be studying in that downtime but yes. you're not in class for eight hours a day versus right. in a job you are so I think your whole world is just kind of flip-flopped upside down and it definitely takes adjustment just in terms of like I don't know, my brain's not always on from eight to five every day. Sometimes in the right. middle of the day now, like I'll go work out or I'll, you know, take an hour and just watch YouTube videos. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's what I did in college. But mm -hmm. then as a full, like working adult, that's not how the world works. So right. that transition was weird. It's truly like a 180 lifestyle change. I mean, it's, it's hard. It's definitely like kind of daunting um, getting into it. And I mean, I've like had internships and stuff before, but I just know like the responsibility is going to be just astronomically higher, like once the whole real world job actually starts. So totally can see that coming for sure. <laughs> it's all um, good though. I don't want to like stress anybody out too much. Like you figure yeah. it out, you make it work and stuff. And I think you just need to give yourself a little more grace. Yeah. It's so easy to be like, oh, in three months, like I'm going to be in my routine, productive, like the best employee ever. And even because if you're like you and me kind of were, I don't want to say like used to being the best. That is so egotistical. But like, <laughs> used to being serious and like excelling and like pushing ourselves. Yeah. And sometimes that transition doesn't come naturally in terms yeah. of like from school to the workplace. Right. It's different for everyone, truly. Yeah. Um, 
And what would you say within your full-time job um, working in sales, what was like the biggest lesson you gained out of your time working full-time? And then what was like your favorite part about it, least favorite part about it? Oh, okay. Um, I mean, I definitely learned a lot about time management, I will say, because at least for my job, it was, yeah, we had to be in the office during these hours, but I, I still had like a set daily, like deliverables because in yeah. sales, it's pretty, like all of it's pretty trackable. So it was like, you had to make X amount of interactions, which were basically like sales calls or sales emails or whatever. Like everything's very traceable and you have to like literally track it all, which is just like a mess. You have to track it all wow. like in Excel. Like, I just remember that. I was like, I, I, I used Excel before, but I was like, this is tedious like every phone call you have to go into a document and like hit yes I called today like yes they answered yeah. like it, it, <laughs> it was definitely tedious but so time management I guess in that regard of I really made the most of I would say my time even after work and stuff of course my work was like pretty short-lived I will be honest it was only a few months so and that's okay <laughs> thank you I don't want to claim to be some like pro or whatever though and people be like come on um but I think you learn that better than even in college, I never even really mastered time management. Like I said, yeah. spending my downtime, like chilling or making YouTube videos, which is still was productive for me. But I think you really learn to make the most of every moment. Um, I even like found pockets of time for my social life and whatever. Like, I feel like that's something that I learned from working. Mm -hmm. um, and then what was the other half of the question? Um, just like your favorite part about oh. working nine to five and then like your least favorite part. Um... I guess I'll say like the team dynamic, like the social element definitely did help. Everyone was same, same boat, like mm -hmm. everyone just graduated college or like the older people on my team were like a year out of college or whatever. Gotcha. So it was nice being in an environment where everyone was around the same age, um, which definitely led to a lot of like social life, work life crossover, which I don't think is the best, but at the same time, like, what are you going to do? Be like, no, I'm not going to hang out with these people. Like if they're, you know, if everyone's hanging out on a Friday night after work, like you're going to go, like, it's just that's just kind of how it works. Um, but it, it honestly was a pro because I'm so used to working on my own or being independent. So that was like a switch up for me. Mm -hmm. My least favorite part, honestly, probably like the job itself. Um, I just don't think that is where my talents shine and in an environment like that where I'm, you know, just essentially giving the same scripted phone call, getting de denied every single day. Like, <laughs> yeah, definitely not the best um but you live and you learn yeah for sure and I mean I tell my like just whole community that all the time I'm like your first job is probably not going to be your dream job like it's going to be a process like it's always a process it's living and learning like you said and that's definitely it's definitely hard I can I just can't imagine I mean I can't imagine but I can't just going into work and it's just like okay this is not where I should be but it's so hard to like make that decision to try something else and like see if something mm -hmm. else will work because there is that pressure to, you know, stay a certain amount of time. There's the pressure to please other people and all that kind of stuff. Um, so it's definitely, okay. definitely hard, but, um, going off of that, um, I know whenever you like announced you were quitting your full-time job and sort of just making the next move into being a content creator, like full-time and everything, how do you say you unapologetically be yourself? Um, I know for everyone, I get a lot of questions all the time where people are asking, you know, like, how do you not worry about what others may say or think of you when making decisions? Um, I know for me personally, just like with having a following, I'm sure you understand a lot of times when I make decisions, I'm actually not putting myself first and I'm thinking of like what 
the people who look up to me and the people who follow me are going to think and say rather than like how I actually feel about something. Um, so how do you unapologetically be yourself? Yeah, I completely agree. And I've definitely, honestly, probably like part of me even just getting a job after college was due to like what I thought people would say about me. And I was yeah. like, you know, these people just followed me all through college. Like, how could I let them down and like not use my degree? I mean, that was part of it. There's also like a financial piece and like the right. obviously pressures of people in my life. But yeah, it, it was a huge adjustment. And I think I dealt with a lot of, for me, it's just, I, I don't want to say like proving them wrong, but like proving myself right almost yes. like because I don't I really don't I, I try and I, I say I don't care about what people think but of course ultimately I do certain people some people I really do not care because like, <laughs> we are living two different lives like I do I genuinely but of course uh, you're always going to care what your parents think you're always yes. going to care what your closest friends think or like the people closest to you it would be kind of psychotic if you didn't like, yeah <laughs> like, I don't care what you have to say like no everybody cares about that okay but I, for me, it's more about the internal validation. So when I quit, I had like almost this pressure on myself to be successful. And there's obviously elements of that I can't control. You know how social media is. You can't just magically put in the work and then you gain a million followers. Some It's luck or it's, yeah. videos go viral. Some videos don't. Like it's just that stuff is really hard to control, but more just, I was like, I know the time I have. I know the, I hate potential because everyone has potential, but i I saw the vision for myself and I executed and I was like, I'm going to prove myself right that this was the right decision that I'm not wasting away my youthful years mm -hmm. that I shouldn't, that it was really for me. I'm, I don't know if this is like weird to say, but I wanted to obviously make more than I made in my sales job. Like I was like, I want to like, if I'm going to make it worth it, like I would right. like to make significantly more. Um, so that was like my main goal, I guess. And I did that. So thank you. I'm proud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. I mean, that's awesome because I think a lot of it does tie down to like your self-esteem, your confidence, and just like believing in yourself to be able to actually make decisions for yourself. Because yeah. I find that whenever I'm in a little bit more of like a lower self-confidence lull, I'm like a lot worse at judging like decisions I'm making like with my life. And a lot of that's because it's clouded by what other people are thinking or saying or, you know, et cetera. But I totally um, love that. And I'm very proud of you. I'm very happy for you because I mean, you've absolutely like just killed it. I mean, you're living in New York City. That's absolutely insane Thank and amazing. <laughs> um, and it's been awesome to like watch your entire journey. journey, journey. <laughs> and um, kind of going off of that, were you apprehensive quitting the full-time job and going into content creation full-time? And like, did you have, you know, any, obviously there are fears that are associated with that, but just talk about that yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Well, there was many fears. Number one was obviously like I left my job pretty quickly. So I was like, okay, I'm basically throwing out all of the progress that I've made versus if I stayed a little bit longer, I still could have, you know, been like, that was my first job and like move on, whatever. Um, of course I had the fear of failure. I was like, I don't want to flop at this. Um, and like make this whole public broadcast announcement and like say like I'm quitting like screw this and then like <laughs> have to be back in that position five months later which there's nothing wrong with that but I'm just a right. very I'm a very public person so like if I'm saying like oh I hate this life whatever you know it just wouldn't have I don't know um so I was apprehensive but I believed in myself enough and I had about I mean of course like I'm so thankful to have my degree to fall back on yeah. and to have experience like it is. I'm so thankful that I have some sort of corporate, some sort of real world job experience, because I think it brings me down a little bit. It allows me to understand, for example, like when 
a video or a sponsored post isn't getting approved in a day, I understand because I understand what the structure of a corporate ladder looks like. And I understand right. that business decisions don't have, you can hear the sirens, New York City. <laughs> um, I understand that things don't happen overnight. I understand like the structure of a business. So I think it's important for everybody to get that experience at least once, even if it's just an internship, even if it's just a part-time job. Like, so I think I did have those apprehensions, but I also have enough foresight to be like, Hey, you know, if I'm not doing well financially, like if I can't afford this lifestyle anymore or whatever, we're going to like reel it back in. I can reassess. Yeah. And I could always, you know, look into getting a job or, figure it out. Like I, I didn't, I, I'm not going to say I had like options on the table per se, but mm-hmm. I have the tools that equipped me to like think that way. For sure. Yeah. I mean, it's awesome that um, you're able to just believe in yourself and make it work and everything. And I think that if, you know, you try, that's all that matters. Like there's not like a certain timeline, like you don't have to meet a certain amount of months of working a job for it to be considered valuable. You know, like it's totally subjective. And I think as long as you try, you like actually know. And I have friends ask me that all the time. They're like, you know, we know you do well with like content creating. Are you just going to like go ahead and do that after college? And I'm like, I don't want to be asking myself like, what if, like, what would have happened if I did, you know, go for a full-time job, if I were to just like stay with content creation full-time. So I'm like the same way. I'm like, I want that experience for myself. And whether it lasts, you know, months, whether it lasts years, whatever it is, I just want to be able to try. So I definitely think it's very valuable for you um, per- perspective-wise and knowledge-wise and growth-wise and everything that you were able to try. But um, yeah, so what would you say, I guess, kind of pivoting into what you do now um, as an influencer, what's your favorite part of just the whole influencer process? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's always been like connection, community building, I would say, um, meeting people or you know, reading the DMs from people who... I don't even want to be like, oh, I help them. But like, we just connect on some level. If it's like, yeah. hey girl, you know, I, I saw your vlog where you were feeling down today, like about body image or something. Like, I feel that way too. Like, here are some tips I did to get through it. Or like, thank you. Like you made me feel, you made me feel better because you said this in your video. Like, I think it's always been about that connection and authenticity. And I always try to, I don't want to say like play that role, but I, I feel like online right now there's a lack of uh, we're getting better we're definitely moving towards like the more like realness culture which I think is good but there's still Mm -hmm. so many of these like insta baddies you know and like that's great (laughs) they're killing it that's working for them but you don't need to be full glam in every vlog clip or you know have every image of your life be so curated like I think it's more refreshing for for me I'm a viewer too and I I know what I like so I try to like apply those principles and fill that kind of gap. Yeah, for sure. I think everyone definitely admires you for your realness and authenticity. And I think that um, in general, yeah, like I think people don't realize, like they say that we help them, but I think they help us so much too. And they don't realize it, especially with those messages, like you were saying, like there's tips or whatever. Um, That's always super helpful. But building off of that, like, what would you say is the biggest challenge you face as an influencer or you have Mm. faced, I guess? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the obvious answer is criticism or, I mean, we could just call it hate sometimes. Um, But I mean, it goes through waves, I think. Definitely uh, like waves of obviously receiving it, but also just how I've learned to receive it. Like for Mm -hmm. me, therapy has helped a lot with this. Um, I think as uh, as a person who's naturally already hyper sensitive and hyper aware 
of criticism and stuff even like I remember the workplace like when people would be like oh you're doing this wrong like I was like oh whatever like I, I just like <laughs> then I would be tainted by that view of them forever because they were you know so I've always been one of those kind of people so mm-hmm. that piled on top but therapy has definitely helped me gain a new lens I think in looking through it and yeah I learned this one tip that I will share for anybody because I think it's not just I don't want to say hate or criticism because I know some people deal with this in their own personal lives from friends or family. Like if they don't agree with their decision, the decisions that they're making or something. And I always say, well, this is what my therapist always says that the things that people are saying to you are projections of what they're thinking. So if they're, you know, saying don't do this, don't do that. It's because of their own insecurities in that area, whatever it may be. Or if it's like, even just as simple as someone commenting a hate comment, if they're like, Oh, you look, ugly it's because they're they're feeling ugly deep down you know what I right, mean right like, it's so it's, it's so weird to get like hi- hyper into that sort of thing but that even that has helped me a lot yeah realizing that what I focus on triumphs all of that just whatever so yeah I would say the obvious answer is criticism I'm trying to think of other areas obviously there's so many pros to the job like mm-hmm. being so creative the fact that every day is different the fact that you could really do whatever you want, try new things. And if it fails, like move on the next day, post another video. I feel like that it's a, it's a blank canvas. Like you can can control your own business. Like if you want to, you know, make more money, like, okay, post more. Like if you, if you want to do that, go for it. Um, If you want to take on more sponsorship opportunities, you can, if you want to decline them, you can, like, it's a very, which I really appreciate. Yeah. I think the con of that then is almost like the like too many choices thing. So I could get in the cycle of like creativity where I feel like my videos are stupid or they're not, they're, they're pointless. They're just like the same as anybody else's. So I think a lot of that too, like sometimes that's my like deepest inner thoughts when I'm like, oh my gosh, am I any different than other bloggers? Or creators? <laughs> like, I feel like I'm not providing anything different. I'm just the same. Like, what is my channel going to be in 20 years? I'm like, mm-hmm. I can't <laughs> what YouTube probably wouldn't even be a thing in 20 years. Right. <laughs> Let's just think about today and tomorrow and, and get through it. Yes. <laughs> um, and how would you say it's something I struggle with a lot and I like didn't even really realize it. I like to tell myself I have good work-life balance, but with being self-employed and working in social media and doing so much on social media where we use it both as our job and for our personal use and pleasure, how do you truly like shut off and maintain that like work-life balance and not like work into the hours of the night or you know just work all the time yeah um I do sometimes (laughs) (laughs) no it's it's really for me I'm like I said I'm not really a big structured person it's not like oh my brain only works from nine to five like sometimes Mm -hmm. when I'm sitting on my couch at 8 p.m like I think of ideas and I want to like outline a video I'm not going to stop myself and be like oh I'm going to do this tomorrow like that makes no sense what (laughs) of course like naturally I'm not going to like pick like get glam and film a video right then but unless I really feel inspired but you know what I mean yeah Uh, I think it's also just managing the amount I've kind of found this balance of like how many projects or sponsorships or whatever things I could take on at once almost yeah I have the experience of taking on too much and then too little so I feel like I've kind of found that perfect balance of you know if I do four to five sponsorships a month across like all my platforms plus I'm posting um, weekly podcast content. Plus I'm doing like however many videos a week. Like I've kind of find, found the balance that's realistic that 
works for me. And I think it takes a minute to find that for everybody. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it's definitely a work in progress, like literally all the time. So I get that. And going off of that, how do you like to define self-care in your day-to-day life? Ooh, good question. Um, I mean, it's obviously the act of doing what your body needs it to do. And for me recently, I've been like on a health kick. So I, for me right now, that's like working out because afterwards I feel, and I know that sounds insane because a few months ago I was like, fuck what? But I feel like that feeling of afterwards, like when you're sweaty and you're like, wow, I feel so accomplished. I did something today. But then sometimes I'm like, I need to relax and chill and not be on my phone and sit in a bath. And that sometimes is self-care too. So I feel like it's intuitively knowing what you need to do to make your body feel better. Um, And it's not all day, every day. Like, I think that's the the line too. Like, you don't want to get too indulgent with it. And Mm -hmm. I can easily cross that line and be like, oh, self-care, like Uber Eats, self-care, like uh, (laughs) Just call everything (laughs) self-care. Yeah, literally though. Or like self-care, I'm going to binge this show in one day. Like, no, you have to draw the line somewhere. So I'm definitely (laughs) trying to read like my intuition a little bit better with that. Right, for sure. I totally understand that. And I'd love to know, I like love, I feel like everyone loves morning routines and just like um, how you structure your your day. Like I would love to like hear how you structure it, um, just like with what you do, because truly it is all in your hands being, you know, self-employed. So just take us through your morning routine and how you structure your day. Yes. Okay. So I, as of late, I go back and forth between like the early morning wake-ups or I just like completely let myself go. So I found a new balance, which is an 8 a.m. alarm. I'll allow myself to snooze at once, which is like 8.15. Mm-hmm. Then I set my, I have like, I don't want to say it too hard. I have a Google Home. So <laughs> I don't think it triggers it. I think it only triggers it. <laughs> um, and th- with that, I set a routine at 8.30 that will say like, good morning. It's blank day. The weather is blank today. And then it plays like lo-fi beats or whatever it gets my morning going with music honestly normally I switch to a podcast basically instantly it depends on like the day of the week which what podcast comes out but Mm -hmm. big podcast gal (laughs) also I live alone so I kind of need sound or like it feels I don't know to me I I I, maybe it's just because my brain wanders too much like I need something to listen to but I, I feel like I need some sort of stimulation us greater than music um go to the bathroom do my skincare I've been I have like some acne right now so I have like a specific little regimen that I've been doing and it's really just less products that's the key I've found yeah because I feel like when you start integrating all of these like serums and oils and whatever it's just clogging your pores and making it even oh, worse sure. yeah not that I'm one to talk I'm still like clearing getting <laughs> up, but it's not good um then usually I, I I honestly don't put on like makeup or like really get ready first thing in the morning. Then I'll make coffee usually, espresso, just I'll like froth almond milk or do like an espresso pod, whatever. I always drink a lot of water. I normally don't do breakfast, but for some reason, if I am, it's usually like a hard boiled egg or fruit or something. Like I'm really not like super hungry in the morning. I'll usually wait till like later to make a proper breakfast. And then I change. Honestly, recently I have not been like wearing great fits, but I like to put on workout clothes in the morning, knowing yes. that like later in the afternoon or the evening, I'll work out. Yeah. Even if it's just leggings and sports broth or on a sweatshirt, like it's, and it could work. Like if I needed to run errands or something, that's right. It yeah. works. I'm probably not going to like in my day today, I don't have really time to work out until six, but I still put on my workout clothes in the morning unless yeah. I'm filming or something. You get it. Yeah. I really don't get ready unless I'm, I need to be on camera for something. I think maybe that has to do with like my skin situation recently. I'm just more 
Like, why would I clog up my skin if I don't have to? But it does make me feel really good when I get ready. I, it's a pretty simple morning. And then I just sit, honestly, and then I go on technology. And I <laughs> um, will just start tackling. Usually I open like emails first, of course. I have a lot of people that I work with that are on the West Coast. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you're the same way. Like it's a lot of stuff comes in overnight or texts and stuff. I've been trying to get better also about like answering texts on my time, not their time. So like yeah. if someone texts me and they need something and I get it, you know, at 9 PM the night before, but I don't feel like answering right then. Of course, unless it's like urgent family or friend, but if it's like a business thing, like, Hey, can you do this? Like I'll tend to it in the morning. Right. Um, and then I really, I mean, you know, the vibes every day is different, which I really, I love about it. And if it's a filming day, it's a filming day. If it's a recording day, or like a podcast heavy day. I like to work in kind of like shifts of days. This is like a new newish thing. Like, so if I'm like, okay, today's focus is like the podcast. So like, I'm going to like record, record the ads, and then I'm going to, you know, work on like a title and description, make sure I send all over all the info, including like picture inspiration to our graphic designer, you know, get the Instagram sorted out. That would be like my focus for the day. And of course, yeah. there's other like little tasks for like my personal stuff integrated, but that'll be one day just like strictly through videos and podcast. Obviously, a lot of prep goes into that stuff, especially the sit down stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm going on a tangent now just about <laughs> my days, but no, it's I really always bad. ask for the daily routine. They ask for the daily routine. I'm like, I unfortunately can't give you that because no two, I haven't had two days be duplicated ever. Yeah, no, I totally get that. And, and it truly is just like super, I mean, flexible, which is great. But then at other times, like sometimes I crave structure, like, and then other times I'm just like, I hate structure. So I'm like very all over the place with it. It's like, oh gosh, like I wish I wasn't like going back and forth between like school and like being a graduate assistant and doing YouTube stuff. Like, cause my mind just gets so like spread thin, but then other times I'll have days where it's like full, you know, YouTube and podcast mm-hmm. only. And yeah, it's just truly like being flexible and everything. So I know you're from um, Long Island and yeah. now you're living in New York city. So is there anything that like took you by surprise whenever you moved to New York and like, what's your favorite and least favorite thing about living there? Yeah, I definitely knew this before, like enough. Cause I have friends that have lived here that I've visited over the years um, it's just, it's not as glam as people think. Like even just before I was just walking to like the post office and I don't know, it was just like a small, tiny post office, like city errands. Like it sucks to run city errands as it is. Cause like, I miss my car, of course. Like I miss being yeah. able to just park in the post office parking lot, like drop my things in the box, whatever. And it's like, a, everything's smaller. Everything's more crowded. Things are dirty. Like it's, it's not as, of course there's areas of the city where everything truly is like out of a magazine. You're like, this is amazing. <laughs> um, but that's not most of the city. I will right. say it's expensive. Everything's expensive. I posted like um, some groceries that I had like laid out on my counter the other day. And someone replied, I said that I paid like $28 for them. And someone replied, like, I just added these all to my cart just for fun. I live in like Oklahoma or whatever. It was $15. <laughs> I was like, shut up. Like, that's in that's almost double that yeah. is insane that's yeah crazy. so the, co- the cost of living is no joke yeah I think a lot of people get in over their heads with that too like you really have to know what to expect like it's all fun and games I see these TikToks too like I'm just gonna pick up my life and move to New York City like it is tough out here <laughs> and a lot of people move here and then don't make it or whatever it is so yeah. have a, a realistic plan for yourself it is a great city right now probably not the best time it's a little bit of an eerie vibe especially with COVID and yeah we're, we're pretty locked down here which 
is for the best of the situation, but it's definitely, and the winter's cold. Yeah. I just feel so down on New York City. It really is a great city, but just, <laughs> there are cons. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I went for the first, very first time, um, I think it was 2019, and I went in, like, the first weekend of February. It was, like, five degrees. Um, everything was just, like, dead. It was so cold. I was, like, in love. I was, I mean, like, my dream, like, when I first entered college before I, like, actually sort of sorted things out and, like, what I wanted to do, I was, like, I want to work on Wall Street. Now, absolutely not. You couldn't pay me to do it. But <laughs> at the time, I was, like, I want to work on Wall Street. I want to be, like, a woman on Wall Street, whatever. And I hadn't even been to New York yet. And um, my, like, dream school when I was in high school was NYU. And at the time, I was, like, applying. I wanted to be in journalism, but I, like, also, I just, like, was very unsure. And um, I applied to NYU knowing that I literally would not be able to afford going there. And, like, everyone just thought I was, like, psychotic because I had literally never even been to New York City before. And my dad was, like, I don't understand you. Like, why do you have, like, this, why are you so dead set on it? And I was just, like, I don't know. I just, you know, it, it just feels right. And I hadn't even been, but I went and I absolutely loved it. We were only there for like two days, but we saw so much. We literally walked like 24 miles, I think in two days. Wow! Oh it my was gosh. my feet for like two and a half, three weeks after that, my Achilles tendon was like severely damaged and all my oh, shoes no. I like walked in because <gasps> it was like, I was not in proper walking shoes. I was in just like regular, like Chelsea style boots, but they just, mm-hmm. You know, I don't think any shoes are really made to walk 24 miles um, in no. cold weather. <laughs> people like the commuting thing, which I've seen in other major cities, but specifically in New York, like people wear, like they carry their shoes like in, in a tote yeah. bag and then they yeah. wear sneakers when they're like out and about because most people's commute, that's another thing. Like it's really accessible. Like the subway is great. We have like a great transit system, but it's a big city. So like if you have to get across town or like somewhere far, like expect it to take 30 minutes. Yeah. Probably more like it's not super just zip around like versus when I lived in Boston, Boston's just a smaller city. Like you could get from one side of the city to the other in like 10, 15 minutes, which is insane to think. Yeah. But it's definitely something to consider. Yeah, for sure. And then um, kind of just to give some insight into people, because I know a lot of um, my following is same age as me and you. Um, what has been, I mean, I know you shared in your content, but for anyone that's just now meeting you, what has been like the dating process like and like finding genuine friends and post-grad? Yes. Um, okay. So we'll start with dating, I guess. Um, I never was a dating app person in college or whatever. Like I met guys along the way. And I didn't have like a long-term like college boyfriend or whatever, like guys came and went, whatever, but nothing Mm -hmm. like significant that I can speak of. Um, So I was really excited to graduate and like move somewhere completely new. And I will say it like did wonders for my confidence. Like it just being in a completely new dating scene. Like I feel like, especially the transition from Georgia to Boston and not just Georgia in general, but the university of Georgia where every girl is a 10, like, I, I don't want to get into like, you know, every, every girl's beautiful in their own way, but my confidence was low, I will say. And then I was in Boston, like meeting all these guys who were giving me all this attention. I was like, did, did I glow up? And like, I look back <laughs> on pictures and like, I look the exact same, honestly, maybe worse. Um, but <laughs> because the post-grad like glow down is kind of real, but it happens to everybody yeah. just because, you know, you're not sleeping and taking care of yourself and whatever. Yeah. I did time to like work out and stuff. Um, but yeah, so I was like, it was nice because I was in a social scene, I guess, when I was working. And then I threw myself into dating apps. Um, I don't know. I don't really know a solid how I feel about them yet. It's kind of, I, I partially love them. I partially hate them mm-hmm. because I think it's a great tool to meet people you wouldn't normally meet. 
and you know that they're single like the thing is even when life is normal like you can go to a bar and whatever but how who's to say that the cute guy you're talking to or cute girl you're talking to is single you don't even know that they're interested in you you don't know Mm -hmm. so I feel like a dating app makes it really easy and convenient especially if you're in a city like they're really widely used and I think there's a lot of apprehension behind it like if especially if you haven't done it before you're like oh that's weird it's really not weird it's so normal like I I know all my friends are on them that are single Mm -hmm. like it's so beyond normal um and this dating COVID is a whole different scene. I will say, I go through phases with it where I'll do like a month on where I'll be like, I'm going to, you know, actually like put myself out there, like go on dates, say yes. Yeah. And I've even met, like I met a guy and I was like seeing him pretty consistently. Like it didn't work out. Due, I ended up doing my own doing, but <laughs> I, I think it's cycles, you know, yeah, cycles yeah. of it's going, it's good. Or I'm unmotivated. I feel really down about it. And dating in a pandemic, it just sucks. I mean, it's yeah. really, right now, indoor restaurants even aren't even open here. So it's like every date that I'm going on is like outside around a heater. It's freezing cold. I'm wearing a- Oh my gosh. It sucks. I mean, it's not cute. I don't feel my best. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's not very romantic, but that's a first world problem, I guess. Um, but then friendships, I guess, is another thing. It is incredibly hard. I'm not going to lie. Like, it, especially if you're moving to a new city, this was kind of like my first experience with making friends that I just have always consistently had pretty good feelings about friends. Like I, I, I felt really positive. I was like, Oh, no matter who I meet, like they'll, you know, be good to me. And like, yeah. I, I just had never experienced that having crappy friends, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and I put a lot of trust in people that I would normally in a lot of friendships. And I was definitely like let down, betrayed in a lot of cases so I personally had some negative experiences. I think you have to like keep your guard up in a weird way, especially when you're meeting new people post-grad, just know that it's a process for them to learn to trust you and you to learn to trust them. You have to put yourself out there, of course. Like I was having people tell me that like people from college, were like my best friend from high school is in Boston. You should link up with her. So like I would do that. Um, I would reach out to people from high school that I haven't talked to in forever that mm-hmm. happened to be moving to Boston. Like I think you have to put yourself, especially if you're moving to a city that not everyone from your college or not everyone not many people that you know are moving there. That's a challenge too. And just even signing up to do that, like set your expectations realistically. It's not going to be magical overnight. Even if you have great roommates and whatever, like the whole notion of like, I have this perfect friend group post-college, like the group chat, whatever. Like I still haven't even acquired that yet. I'm still in like my college group chat, but they all live in Atlanta and Charlotte and other places. I'm like, can't relate. Like, (laughs) like, Hey guys, like we're hanging out this weekend. I'm like, I won't be there, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's hard. It's a challenge. I think I, I got really lucky in college though with the friend group in college because I know it could be the same way. Like it could be definitely difficult to find your people there too. And I think everything takes time. It took me time in college. It's taking me time now and that's normal. Yeah, for sure. I think the two biggest things you said that I think just are true, no matter what phase of life you're in, you have to put yourself out there, but you also have to keep your guard up because you truly don't know who you can and can't trust. And that, I mean, it sucks, but you don't want to be like too, I guess, welcoming, too vulnerable because it can, can always go bad, but it can also always go well. So it can, but wait until just like learn to trust someone. Like I was just under these notions that I was like, okay, we've been friends now for like four months. Like we're pretty good friends in this spectrum of a lifetime that is nothing like yeah. <laughs> it feels like nothing and that reminds me almost of like the college days you know like freshman year where everyone is posting on Instagram like week two like my bestie and you're like 
come on. Like really? that's not, and then like two years later, they hate each other. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's the common theme. <laughs> it's reminiscent of that. So, and it sucks. I mean, I, I'm a pretty open person, but I think if you want to protect yourself in the long run, you can't just assume that everyone has good intentions because yeah, yeah not everybody does. And that's yeah. okay. That is, not everybody yeah. wants to be, not everybody that you want to be like good friends with them wants to be equally as good of friends with you. Right. It's almost like dating in that sense of like figuring that out um, too. So yeah, for sure. <laughs> so this um, question's just sort of for fun. I'm not like super into astrology just because I don't like take the time to like learn about it or whatever, but like, yeah. I know that I'm an Aries and like, that's pretty much the extent, but it's so funny because I feel like so many and maybe it's literally just the people I follow because obviously that's all I would see. But I feel like so many content creators, influencers, YouTubers are like literally are Aries. Like are. I think of, yeah. it's, it's so crazy. Um, it's wild because I think of like you, I think Natalie Barbu, Bianca Franco. I know I'm forgetting like so many people, but Alicia. like- Alicia, I know Alicia. Yes, yeah. So like there's yeah. so many people and it's just like crazy. But like what part of being an Aries do you say you like resonate the most with or like really feel like super strongly about? <laughs> Yes. Um, I, I think impulsiveness probably. <laughs> I had a feeling you were going to say that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot that come to mind, I think, but it, they all kind of fall into that category. Like I could be, I don't want to say like judgmental, but I could like cast a judgment on something like opinionated, I guess. Yes, so yeah. say, I don't want to say judgmental is like harsh, but like opinionated and be like, this is right. And that is wrong. And like, yeah. if you do this and I don't like you. Like, I think that could be kind of Aries tendencies too. Right. Um, but impulsiveness, I feel like, yes, if I think of an idea for anything, I've done this a million times, I want to start a business and I like tell everybody and I, whatever. And I'm like, I'm starting a business. Haha. And then they're like, what happened? I'm like, oh, that was like a fleeting thought. Like, <laughs> but I just do the thing where I'm like, oh, I want to share. Um, and definitely oversharing, I think kind of falls in line with that too. Yeah, I totally get that. I think um, my biggest thing is like, just like reactivity. Like I'm super reactive. Yeah. Like it's bad. Um, so, and that kind of like is in the same family with like impulsiveness. I think like with some things I'm super impulsive and then other things I'm a lot more hesitant, but I'm across the board, very like reactive to like everything. Like I'm just, I mean, fight or flight's like always like just going. It, it is go, And you need to let it rest. Yeah. yeah. That is something I've done too. It's definitely... I'm trying to get better as I get older too. Cause it's not, obviously you can't, it's fun to a certain extent. Like in college, it's fun to be impulsive all the time. Be like, Oh, I got convinced to go out or whatever. Like in some cases it's fine, but like to be impulsive when you're making major decisions in your <laughs> yeah. life, like that's not it. So yeah. <laughs> I've, I've tried to learn to like, in some cases it's good. Like if honestly, I'll think of something creative for like TikTok and I'm like, I'm going to make this right now. That's great. But then if it's like something a little bit deeper than that, I'm like, let me sleep on it. Let me, yeah. you know, and most times I'm like, good thing I did because it's probably not the best. Yeah, totally get that. So um, I'll let you plug yourself and everything, all your social media for anyone who doesn't know you. And then if you just want to leave like one resource, I know the Scanning Confidential like does this whenever they interview people, like whether it's book, Ooh. podcast, IG account, um, something you want to recommend to everyone to check out. Okay. Um, yes, I'm at Brooke Michio, um, on everything, M-I-C-C-I-O, I know my last name is confusing, um, <laughs> on YouTube too, I have a podcast with my friend Danielle, it's called Gals Go Podcast, we post every Wednesday, it's fun, just like casual girls chat, nothing too deep, well it is, sometimes we get deep, but you know what I mean, <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of resource, that's a, that's a really good question, because 
I feel like some people have like their go-to book or whatever, a book mm-hmm. that I've been recommending a lot to friends and whatever. I have a lot of friends that are going through like transitional phases in their life. And I always recommend them. Shonda Rhimes, Year of Yes. Really great book. And I feel like Shonda is like, she just did Bridgerton. So she's very like in the news and stuff right now. Uh-huh. Um, she did Grey's. She's like the creator of just a bunch of iconic TV shows, which yeah. you wouldn't think translates to like writing. I mean, I guess it could translate to writing a book, but her book is personal like biography is that autobiography that autobiography yeah yeah um and she did this like year challenge basically where she said yes to everything and it like changed her life so, I really want to read that um I'm glad you said that because I think I literally have it on my bookshelf because a friend gave it to me in college like sophomore year or something I just have not read it so I'll have to make sure I get on that um it's, it's, I've heard it's, it's really fun good. because it's like you hear her tone of voice too like it's uh-huh. not super that's, I struggle with a lot of self-help books. I don't know if you're like this because it's very like yeah. just, you know, better your routine. And I'm like, okay, next. No way. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I've known for the longest time that I should wake up and chug water and go run five miles. But like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Come on. Like, yeah. Right. right. I totally get that. Um, yeah. I'll definitely check that out. But thank you so much for joining me today. And I know everyone's going to be really excited to hear this. So. Oh my gosh. Thanks for having me. So much fun. Of